When it comes to discussing the realities of parenting, you can expect some sensitive material and occasional profanity. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Anonymous Mom, a podcast where two childhood friends reconnect to discuss mom life, adulting, and everything in between. And today we are talking about the Sunday scaries. And this is something I had literally never heard of until you suggested it for a topic. Yeah, I was dying that you didn't know. I love it. Trying to explain it to you was funny because my kids in the background, like, she hasn't heard of Sunday scaries either. And I'm like, (laughs) no, maybe people with extreme anxiety are the only ones who know about Sunday scaries. (laughs) Well, you're not. And we're going to talk. I'm so glad you picked this because. The connection it has to what we already know is just what the kids are calling it these days. Right. But. Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay. So funny. This, yeah. I want to quickly say this. My kids obviously are 14 and 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. So they have all these weird verbiage for whatever. And I hear them say things. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? You know? Yeah. yeah. So we're out to dinner the other night and my daughter's like, oh God, she's a total homie hopper. <laughs> just listen. I am not. So me and my husband I look at each other. I'm like, what? are you talking about? Who are you talking about? And she goes, oh, then she said who she was talking about. And I was like, what does that even mean? They are too young. Homie happened. Oh, but is their homie their friend? Yeah. Okay. So what it is, is a girl dates a guy, breaks up with him and then dates his friend. So this apparently is just like, oh no. So it is what I thought it was. Yes. Okay. I was thinking it was something more innocent where it's like a friend who joins a different friend group. No, no, no. Of course. I mean, and let's be for real. (laughs) Kids at around like the age we were discussing. So in between that 11 and 14 age, they're not dating. They're like saying they're dating. They're saying they're dating. Maybe they like snaps pictures, but they're not really like doing anything like kissing or anything like that. They're just saying they're boyfriend and girlfriend. So I went to work and I was Uh. like, okay, who has heard of this? And then my coworker went back home and she asked her son, do you know what a homie hopper is? And he's like, yeah, mom. So like, this Duh. Is, yeah. everybody's so, hopping homies. Yeah. So I am just going to now try to pay attention to maybe every podcast I can come with a new slang. Oh, dude, yes. Like, I surprise love Surprise everybody. <laughs> give me anxiety for what I have to look forward to oh, in my about God. six years. Yep. Anyways, mm. the Sunday scaries. Okay, Sunday scaries. let's get back on track here welcome to our life for people like me who are in the same boat and have no idea what this is i found an article on nbc.com written by emily pandice pandice uh and they write quote the term sunday scaries although not scientific describes a common feeling of anxiety that builds up over a course of sunday afternoon and evening according to a survey conducted by the job site monster Up to 76% of Americans self-reported having, quote, really bad Sunday night anxiety compared to just 47% of the people around the world, end quote. So where did this term come from? Since it seemed new to me, according to a website called The Hustle, the term first popped onto the scene in 2009 via an Urban Dictionary entry describing a hangover. So while being hungover on a Sunday is certainly terrifying, the Sunday scaries is now used to describe a broader type of dread that precedes the work week, end quote. Hmm. So all this started with the feeling of a hangover and just not wanting to get back to responsibilities, (laughs) it's morphed into more. And when you think about it, too, you go back to the events that happened in the early to mid-2000s. Right. Society's anxiety increased. Right. So no surprise there. 
I want to point out that book I told you I was reading, The Myth of Normal, Yep. because they get into this a lot, that our society has normalized things that aren't normal. Right. So although, yes, I mean, our anxiety is valid and medication is there for a reason. But what I want to point out is that so much of the stuff that makes us anxious is because it's not okay. But right. we're conditioned to say that it's okay. Right. And, and to just push through it. And, yeah. And, and it, we're not it. meant to. And no. so I highly recommend this book. I just started it maybe a quarter of the way in, but it connects trauma with illness and anxiety and ADHD. It's really, really good. When you had told me about that book, I started Scattered and it's about ADHD. And since that is something that I have, I was like, okay, I, I'll like anything to help. And I listened to just the sample of it and on Audible and it was very good. So when I have my next free credit that comes around, I will be buying oh, yeah. and listening to that. I love reading and hearing things about how the brain and the mind works because it's just so crazy how like you can change the way mm -hmm. that you think. It's just mm -hmm. a lot of fucking work. <laughs> All this stuff was here the whole time. It's just that science is evolving. But right. at the core of it, it's more people are getting diagnosed with anxiety and ADHD because our society is not set up for us to function any other way. Right. Uh, yes. This social media multitasking, you know, you're supposed to be checking your phone and working and listening to something and then going and making a list of all that's <laughs> like we're not meant to function like that right but we are because it's become our new normal we just yeah it's just part of it because that's yep. what we're told yep and so I would love to get into ADHD down the road oh, too yeah. because I think it's a topic that we really should look into it is but what I was gonna say with this book is with anxiety and this is not you know shaming anybody who's on medication because yes it's there for a reason but it's concerning to me because I feel that anxiety is an instinct of ours that something's not okay Yep. This is not on the individual. This is on our society and on pharmaceutical companies that pharmaceutical companies tend to want to make people dependent mm -hmm. because that's how they make money. Right. And so instead of us shifting certain structures to make life less anxious, we just are upping the amount of prescriptions that we give people. Yeah. People who have anxiety, me included, it's there as an instinct when you, especially the more you connect to yourself, right. you are, you do know that something's not right, but other people are telling you, this is just how it is, you mm -hmm. know? And then it's what we were talking about, the whole, it is what it is yep. terminology yes. and how that can be so toxic. You can look at things from two different sides. And so it can be beneficial to say it is what it is to with, for certain things. But then other times when people are saying it is what it is, when it's simply not okay. Right. It's excusing the bad behavior. And then coming from someone who is on medication for ADHD and anxiety, I will tell you that I feel like a lot of the times when someone goes to the doctor and says, you know, I'm having anxiety, it is the first instinct to, okay, try, you know, get on medication. However, yeah. From myself, I have been on so many different types of anxiety and depression medication mm -hmm. because throughout my whole, I mean, I've had anxiety since I was very little. Mm -hmm. I thought my parents, every time they left the house, they were going to die. That I blame Disney just... for that, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Well, yep. Five old mouse. Like I told you, remember? <laughs> every and single it... Disney movie, the mom or the dad dies in the beginning. Yeah. Why would yes. you not think that they're going to exactly. die? With it? I had the same fear and I still do. 
Yeah. Like when my mom doesn't message me or quick enough, I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Oh my God, she's dead. Yes. And I just remember always having that. And I've been on and off a lot of times to try mm-hmm. and do the things that work that yeah. I know I can do. However, mm-hmm. the best way my doctor described it as, and she's not a huge take a pill sort of, she's very much like, try these other things and then we'll work towards this. Mm-hmm. Where she's had said, think of it as you are fertilizing your brain to help it grow because your body doesn't create the nutrients that the ground needs for this to grow. So you mm-hmm. are just doing that. She's That's great. Like, That's a great analogy. It was such a great analogy and it really helped me. And I know I have, I it's hereditary. I know I have these things and I am okay with it, but I will mm-hmm. say I've done numerous times, get off of it and try to do other things to see, okay, am mm-hmm. I just immediately popping a pill to feel better or am I actually mm-hmm. dealing with this in the correct way? I'm stepping down from my soapbox. Well, the reason too that I I want to look into it more is because I finished Hulu's Dope Sick miniseries. Yeah. The fact that what was in Oxycontin was literally rewiring people's brain. Yeah. I have serious concerns with, I mean, because there's so much anxiety and ADHD medication out there. Yeah. That was the top of the top. They knew that this mm-hmm. was doing that. How do, yeah. how do we know that the stuff getting prescribed for ADHD and anxiety isn't doing the same thing? Yeah. It was my first connection. Was, and then reading this book and hearing about how much this stuff is being molded intentionally. We have a lot to be anxious about. There's not something wrong with you because you have this anxiety. This anxiety is there for a reason. And that's just something I want to say is I think a lot of people take anxiety medication like, God, why am I so anxious? Like, because it's kind of fucked up right now. You know, like there's a reason you're anxious. Right. Being anxious also too can help in certain ways. Because like you said, it is your body going, well, something's not right. Something's not right. But it's if you can't ever get Get away from the anxiousness and then the anxiousness, because I know that when my anxiety is extremely bad, I can go and it turns into depression. So that's where Mm -hmm. I feel like once you can't turn it off. And I always say, I got back on because I just wanted to feel normal. Like Mm -hmm. I wanted to actually not feel like anxiety was driving my body around. Mm -hmm. And that's just how it was. It's so much where I think you have to have a good relationship with your doctor to be Mm -hmm. able to have these conversations. And also know that sometimes taking that anxiety medication can help you feel better and maybe get to a point where you realize what anxiety, what you feel like without anxiety. And if tapering off, like you, if you were going through a moment in life that you needed that to get, I know people who have done that. That's just what concerns me. Yeah. Is that knowing that pharmaceuticals are fully aware that they are prescribing things that make people dependent on it. That's why I get nervous because the whole chain of command is it goes from the pharmaceutical to the seller. The seller is being told this from the pharmaceutical company. And then they're telling the doctor, the doctor's believing what they're saying because they say they have studies about it and it's not all factual. And that's, what's terrifying to me is we don't know. Yeah. I would like to just see us pushing more for validating this anxiety crisis that we have because it's there for a reason. Yeah. I'd love to get back to the Sunday scaries just being fucking hung over as shit. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I definitely had this feeling, but I never had a nine to five. The whole term Sunday scary, like I had, you know, being so hungover because obviously I worked in the service industry. It was wasted all the time. And, you know, and for me, it was the anxiety mm-hmm. of people. The reason I drank so much is it's hard for me to socialize in the yeah. profession I was in. That's that was my job. Yeah. To pretend yeah. I liked people. Yep. <laughs> and that is difficult. <laughs> it is really hard. <laughs> oh, 
sucks. But I always say when it comes to the Sunday scary sort of a thing, it's that back to reality. Sunday comes around. It's like, okay, now all of a sudden I have got to do this. This mm-hmm. is happening. The kids are going back to school. I'm going to have to get up with the kids and da da da. You mm-hmm. know, like I think it's piling all of this stuff on that makes you anxious. You got to step away from kind of some responsibilities. We also have to put into context since the early 2000s, that anxiety too also can be the fact that we can't feel safe where we work. Our kids can't feel safe at school. And we can say and do everything we can to say it's fine when it's not. And all we're doing is building anxiety for ourselves and for our kids. So it's not just parents. This stuff's happening at grocery stores. It's happening. Yeah everywhere at post office. I mean, there was a time and a place where these type of incidents could at least seem isolated. And now Mm -hmm. they're just quote, normalized. (laughs) You should be terrified. You should have this anxiety. It's not okay. It's not normal, but we've normalized it. And our kids should have this anxiety too. And I really hope that we can actually do the right thing and put it in that context. So I want to just highlight that this has been around for longer than 2009. It's a concept that I better know as existential dread. So the Sunday (laughs) scaries are really just an existential crisis. It's just that existential crises used to happen at certain points in your life. It's like a rite of passage. It would be the next stage of your life, teenager, quarter life, midlife, later life. Mm -hmm. You'd have these pinnacle moments where this anxiety would build up and you'd have to push through to the next stage. Right. So like, for example, when you're a teenager, it's that dependence versus independent stage of your life. Yeah. You've been dependent on your parents, but you need to have this independence. And there's that conflict, if especially, you know, depending on how you've been raised, whether you've been raised to be independent or dependent. Yeah. This is another point to for more context is existential crises are accompanied by anxiety and stress, often to a degree that they disturbs one's normal functioning in everyday life and can lead to depression. Does that sound familiar? Yeah, totally. Getcha. So this is where I'm trying to make my point is what this Sunday scaries is, is existential crisis. But existential crisis, you're only supposed to experience at certain stages of your life. We're experiencing now every week. Yeah. Because every week is that feeling of it is the same anxiety as an existential crisis. It's just that we have normalized our society to function in a way where that anxiety is felt every single day, every single week. Yeah. And we're not meant to do that. I just hope that we can get to a point where we can talk about this, normalize it, but not normalize it in a sense where it is what it is, just deal with it. Right. Normalize talking about it to create change so that we can maybe get back to where this is just part of certain stages in your life and not literally every single day. Yeah. And I think a lot of it when it comes to the dread of going back to work or going back to the routine or whatever, I think also too, it's so much pressure, especially as women, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make sure, you know, we're a mom, a wife, all these things. And then we're exhausted. Yeah. And then make sure you hustle really hard because if you Mm want to get ahead and you want to be better than everybody else, you got to work harder. I just feel like sometimes we put all that pressure on ourselves and having a step back and think about, is this really worth getting this worried and upset about that? But that's hard to, you know, I know that's, that's putting pressure. See, but that's the thing though, is I want to highlight right now, you're putting all the pressure on yourself instead right. of the pressure on what is causing this to be how we're functioning. Yeah. We tend to put it all on ourselves and what I can do to navigate through this instead of actually changing the structure that's causing it us to feel this way. Yeah. That's the point I want to make is we put all that pressure on what we can do as the individual where 
I think we need to start putting the pressure elsewhere. Yeah. (laughs) Because we're not meant to function that way. And we are trying hard. And if you don't allow people who are doing their best and working hard to make a good life for their family and their community, it's going to crash. It's going to crumble. Yeah. It's just, it's not meant to function like that. So that's what's really unfortunate, but anywho. Sunday Scaries, please comment. Let us know if you've heard of it before, what your experience is it. Or if you have routines. So that's another thing. Um, I just even saw, obviously, social media is always listening. And also social media is a big cause of this anxiety. So let's continue to put down our phones. But someone did mention about even just simple routines of 20 minutes of yoga and how much of a difference that makes in their anxiety. And it's so hard to get over that hump of like, I don't have time for this. Or even just sitting with your own thoughts, like with boredom, you know, those those little things do make a difference. And we have to work with what we have, but balance that with actually finding ways to change society to help us function better too. (laughs) I recommend The Myth of Normal. Please read it. It's eye-opening. And there's a lot of studies too, because the mind and the body are connected and we need to start seeing that more for what it is. Mm -hmm. And that, yeah, all of these feelings you're feeling affect how your body feels too. And and that's- I was going to say, that's why my Sunday routine is to take a bath. Like I've said numerous times, Sunday night is my tub time. And that is something that I know that has helped me because I need to get in that deep relaxation sense (laughs) of it's all going to be fine instead of running everything through my head of the things that I have to do this week and get done. Did you know too, it reduces your risk of, I think, a stroke and a heart attack by 25 to 30%. Taking a bath? Mm-hmm. Sweet. Yeah. I, I really need to take a bath. So, <laughs> oh, and yeah. That one time I finally was like, I am <laughs> I'm doing I'm this. getting into this routine. No hot water. Every Saturday. First time I have lived here in a year and a half. No fucking hot water. It's like, what? Me crazy. What? I would Universe. be boiling water. And oh, I, said, I told my mom, I'm like, should I just boil pots of water? And she goes, no. She's like, that's going to take too long. And no, I'm like, she's like, you're just meant to switch gears and do something else. I'm like, well, for fuck's sake, I hadn't showered that day either. It was just, but anyways, tune in next week as we talk about resilience, because that is an important part to getting over the Sunday scaries is your level of resilience. And I am looking forward to that. So we will talk to you guys next week. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in to Anonymous Mom. Have a question you want answered or a topic you'd love for us to discuss? Email us at anonymousmompod at gmail.com. Or if you want to remain anonymous, join our Facebook group, Anonymous Mom, where you can post your topic or question anonymously. Thanks for listening.